Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I want to talk to you about another great podcast called Who Charted? They're in the Earwolf family, and they have an Earwolf favorite on their latest episode. It's Jason Manzukis, not on Twitter. And I want to talk to you about how on each episode of Who Charted, Howard Kramer and Kulop Vilaysak sit down with a comedian guest to talk what's charting in music and movies. On the latest episode, they sit down with the always hilarious Jason Manzukis. You probably know Jason from the FX show The League, his frequent and hilarious guest appearances on Earwolf's Comedy Bang Bang, and also as co-host of the Earwolf podcast How Did This Get Made, which we did a crossover episode with. Seek it out. We also did a crossover episode of Who Charted, Matt? You're so right. <laughs> it's blowing my mind. Uh, Jason is one of the funniest improvisers out there today, so just in case you haven't heard him on a podcast yet, you've got to check him out on this. I cannot imagine anyone listening to this has not heard Jason on something. That's right, but all that's left to say is that there are many other episodes of Who Charted, which have featured guests like Lauren Lapkus, Paul F. Tompkins, Tim Baltz, and Matt, and Matt from the James Bonding <laughs> Podcast, which you're about to start listening to if we would shut up. It's amazing. So go ahead and subscribe to Who Chartered in Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Matt and Matt, Matt and Matt, James Bonding Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to James Bonding, I'm Matt. I'm also Matt. Oh boy, have we got a guest for you kids. Well let me first say that... Any human being that would set aside two hours and 11 minutes to watch this film, and I'm on record as loving this film, sure, and then do a podcast about it, karmatically has something good coming them in, a, in another life. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. And I will say that when I signed up for it, I didn't know it was two hours and 11 minutes of this movie. <laughs> Kamel Nanjiani. Uh, Kamel, um, we promised you to the audience before, uh, and you finally uh, showed up. I finally showed up. I'm sorry. I was going to do Octopusikas to speak in Hindi and Urdu a lot, and I felt like I would bring a new perspective to it. But you held out for the best. I, well, okay, so here's... <laughs> I'll tell you my history with James Bond. Please. I've probably seen all the movies. I was never a big James Bond fan. Mm. When I was a kid, I liked some of them. Like, I liked Moonraker, obviously, and... Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no one's ever said that. Well, no one's, like, no one's said that. There's this space stuff in it, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. There are lasers. That's the yeah. one with Jaws, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So I liked him a There's lot. There's two with Jaws, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there are two with Jaws. So I've seen all of them. I don't remember very much about them. So for this one, I've seen the new ones. Um, and so for this one, I didn't want to look up because I know some are better than others. So I right. didn't want to go in with anything and for me, it was 40 seconds in when he's snowboarding and California Girls comes on. <laughs> yeah, I, I was that. like, 
I think I know what type this. Is. <laughs> <laughs> had, had you so you had not seen this one before? Well, here's the thing: I didn't remember anything except right at the end when they're in the shower and he throws the towel on the robot. Yeah, I remembered that probably because I was a kid watching it, yeah. feeling all horny and yeah. weird. Yeah. And then the robot, like I felt I was the robot and the towel being thrown on me. And it was sort of like, oh no, I've done something wrong. (laughs) So that's probably why. So I have seen it. But that's the only part that stayed with me. Is the robot in the towel the metaphor for everyone's feelings in watching this Uh, movie? Like, (laughs) oh no, I've done something wrong by watching this movie. Because I I feel so wonderfully bad watching this movie. I love it. It's a lot goofier than I yeah, thought it was yeah. going to be. Is this one of the goofiest ones? Yeah, yeah, it's up there. But it's also that's the that's what you get with a Roger Moore movie. You get some goofball goofiness. That's right. And this is his last one, so they're going all in on that. I think, and that's just playing on the fact that he's fifty-seven. Going, we might as well have some fun. He looks. Every, he's a very handsome man. Yeah, sure. He looks every single day of that fifty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching it like, why is this old man? Like, which day of his fifty-seventh year do you think he's on? Well, if you look at like Tom Cruise, who's got <laughs> this movie coming out, <laughs> the American, what is it called? This Tom Cruise movie, Mission Impossible. Oh, sure, we'll call it that. He's got a new movie coming out. Oh, oh, American oh that one, American, American Made. Made. Yeah, yeah. It's a true story. And he looks incredible, and he's sixty. Yeah. No. Isn't he 60? 60. Is he? I feel like he's up there. No, he's got to be. How old is Tom Cruise? Someone find out. Well, he's probably Roger Moore View to a Killage. Let's see. I'm guessing 57. That's what I was going to get. I mean, that's, but let's compare that. Let's compare the looks of these two individuals. Well, it's also the technology now. He's taking stem cell baths oh, for sure. and like rubbing fetuses on his face. I've heard stories of him getting in freezing cold jacuzzis right before every shot. Is that true? Uh, that was told by somebody who had first-hand information, and I am not one to spread those kind of rumors, but take it to the bank. So he likes a cryo <laughs> sort of therapy situation. 55. Okay. okay. I get, so he's I added five age. years to him. Roger Moore octopus age. Well, Still. I think uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to airplane mode you just so we don't uh, have the buzzings. Oh. There we go. I'm oh, sorry. I had to do That's it. Right. I'm, I'm... Oh, do you know what? We'll just put the phone over closer to you. Yes, yeah, sorry. There you go. Um. Yeah, that's good. Is there also a flirty thing with Money Penny all the time? Like, because in the beginning, I was trying to figure out the vibe of it, and I was like, there seems to be a lot of like double entendre, or however you say it. Yeah, yeah. Like she says, uh, he says, "I'll fin- fill you in later, Money Penny," and I was like, was that just? Is he flirting with her? <laughs> What's going on? So, do they have a flirty relationship? Yes, all, all throughout. Now, I noticed something different here, oh, and this is—I noticed some new things too. too. Yeah, I've got a few what I call glofts that Scorleys look out for. This Money Penny's wearing a wedding ring in this movie. What? She's got a ring on her left ring finger. Now, maybe it's just some kind of costume jewelry because she's going to the the races. Yeah. But it looks like a wedding ring and an engagement ring. You know, I, when you go to like a nice party and they have like the bartenders at, like a, at a house, but they've hired them, if they're attractive women, they'll be wearing wedding rings. And a lot of times they're like, if we just do it so we don't get bothered, maybe Money Penny didn't want to get bothered at the races. Or uh, by James uh, Bond himself. <laughs> like, she's finally like, she finally figured I have it gone out. to human resources countless times and nothing is done about this. Yeah, just because he's the best. <laughs> Also, he's now like 57. Get another guy who's not like a serial sexual harasser. I don't know why she wouldn't let him throw her hat. Yeah, what was that moment about? I think it's too dainty. <laughs> but maybe again, but she's, just, she's fed up. Like, we've seen the polite, 
girl who's been sexually harassed for years yeah. upon years and doesn't feel she has any recourse, but she's finally speaking up. Maybe she quit. That's why she's not in the next one. Oh, oh she's not in the next one. Yeah. Which yeah. one? Which one is she training her hot replacement? Uh, is that Octopussy? Octopussy. Penelope yeah. Smallbone? Is that Penelope Smallbone? Do you guys watch him chronologically? What's the order here? Um, this this go around, we are watching. We each get to pick the next one. So I I chose this one as the so next you haven't one. watched all of them. Not no, not yet. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, we have in life, multiple <laughs> in right, life, right, sure. Right, right, and right. on the and on the last season of this podcast, we did. Yeah, and that last... hat moment is interesting because I did uh-huh. notice that. I said, did I miss something? But maybe you're right. It's just like whatever he wants to do, I'm going to do the opposite. This is the <laughs> yeah. only recourse I have. If <laughs> <laughs> you want to zig, I'm going to zag. It's all my microaggressions. That's um, all I have. I forgot we see 003. Dead in the snow. Dead in the snow. Yeah, that's it. We should be keeping tabs. We should be keeping tabs of which how many double O's die in the course of an investigation. And there's got to be more than ten. Like we got to finally get into the double digits. Yeah, you never hear of single O ten. Yeah, there's no double O. (laughs) Single O ten. I'm single O ten. We didn't think this through. We should have done a different scheme. Well, that's what happened with the numbering of this podcast. I had wanted every podcast to be double O. That's right. Whatever. And uh, once it got to 10, the numbering just went 010. I was like, no. It should be double 010. And I'm not fixing it. I'm not fixing it. I'm single 010 reporting for duty. (laughs) I don't get a lot of work. I have a a permit to kill. Someone who has a license has to be with me (laughs) so I can kill. I'm a learner's permit for killing. My mom usually accompanies me, but she's a a bingo. How long have you been a single 0? Hard to tell. I don't do time. (laughs) I don't do time. He's um, wearing a swatch, <laughs> a James Bond swatch. Mm-hmm. Last episode, we went over this limited edition series of James Bond villain swatches that are incredible, oh. and I don't mean that in the best way. I was joking. No, I they do. They did a swatch tie. They yeah. did a swatch tie in for sure. So uh, the villain in Tomorrow Never Dies is a media mogul, so his swatch is all newspaper headlines. It's black and white. <laughs> so he's not wearing that. It's what the no, no, it's, it's, it's a line of watches inspired by each villain. I think that sounds great. Speaking of villains, this yes. has a great one. Oh, boy. My only note for him, I think he has too many schemes. <laughs> He's got his fingers in too many pies. That's exactly... I had never noticed By the how way, unnecessary the horse plot is. The horse thing is. has nothing to do with it, and his big plan is that. a double earthquake. <laughs> that yeah. is what it is. Yeah. He calls it a... So, and they're explaining it, then James Bond and the girl goes... So a double earthquake. That's <laughs> overthinking. I You've also overthought all your schemes. We're gonna get there, but uh, I do love in that in that map room where they're figuring it out. That the map room that's in the uh, in the in the blimp. In no, the one in the cave. Yeah. Oh yeah. The one in the yeah. uh, mine. Right, uh, right, right. I love how she intuitively knows how to turn on the switch to sure. show the double earthquake happening. Yeah. yeah right. She's... Like when she puts it together, yeah. she hits a switch that <laughs> runs the to- the fault line lights. Did you want the movie to be longer? Did you want them to figure out what the right switch was? Was no. that your issue? I didn't it? need any of on that, the record, honestly. I, I would take that deleted scene at the very least. Sure. I'd love, I, to see yeah. I'd love to see a deleted scene. But this is, the, I don't know, Kamel, if you're familiar, but James Bond invents snowboarding in this. Was that the first snowboarding? As far as I know. Yeah, as far as we know. In a fictional film, as far as we know. Really? Yeah. 
Um, I want to. First of all, I want to say I did love this movie. Oh, like I, I had a great time God watching bless it. You. I was totally entertained. Loved the snowboarding. That yeah. was the first time snowboarding. Yeah. I loved the half car. I was on board. The yeah. half car is Grace great. Jones is a star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. I, this her this career should have been much bigger. Really, I know we talk about this a lot. It really made me miss the James Bonds that are just the single mission. Like this movie can live and die on its own, and for many it dies. Yeah, but for me it just it lives on. Well, I think that's sort of the, and I don't know what is the cause of the, well, I guess it's, is it the Marvel expanded universe that is causing all of this serialization? And of I things? think Batman, the ba- the recent Batman movies. Yeah. But Marvel is the one everybody's trying to emulate Marvel right yeah. now. Like every time you talk to someone, they're like, we have this character that nobody's yeah. ever going to be, I can't name I have the perfect example in my head, but I can't say it. Sure. Because if they hear it, they'll know. Ex- yeah. They'll, yeah. they'll come after you. They'll come they'll, at you hard. But the, you know, me. they tried to do it with Ghostbusters. They were going to like launch this whole Universe, world, yeah. and they were they're you know, I guess Harry Potter is sort of that with the Fantastic Beasts books. existing in the same universe. Oh, yeah, now it's beasts. And <laughs> yeah, you got your Beasts well, of No Nation. That's my least favorite Harry Potter movie. <laughs> There's hardly any magic. Sexy oh, yeah. beast. Hardly any magic. Sexy yes. beast is a good entry. Yeah. Kingsley is so magical in Because Game of Thrones is going to start doing that now, too, right? Yeah, they're, they're going to do like Well, that's shows. spin-offs. Yeah. That I don't mind so right. much. Uh, spin-offs gave us many great things, like Laverne and Shirley, yeah. Frasier, uh, Maud. How hard was it to you, for you to not use Frasier as the first example? <laughs> yeah, really. You were like Frasier, but I can't lead with it because I'm Matt Myra. <laughs> It's going to be too on brand. It wasn't hard, but I did have to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> Frazier. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to drop Frazier first. Um, I should have gone with Frazier last. Damn. I I did think that Christopher Walken was amazing in this. He's, Zorin is yeah. a great evil sounding corporation yeah. name. His name. This is the first time I watched it through the eyes of what would David Bowie have been like in this movie? Uh, yeah. And I think uh, he would okay. have been great. Yeah, I think I, I'd still take Walken, but Walken yeah, was great. Yeah. Well, it is like. It's one of those, oh, of course, at some point, Christopher Walken played a Bond villain. Right. And he does He does so with, I mean, it's. I think it's the best matching of his personality and role. Right. That's right. He also, so his story is that he's like a genetically engineered by like mistake. Yeah. And he's like a super genius, but also a psychopath. Yeah. But they don't really get into that aspect of it too much. It's sort of mentioned, but... They're you just sh- see that he betrays his people all the they time. They have the problem of showing it through horses. <laughs> yeah. There is a moment, though. They're showing his they, story through this horses. This movie jumps the horse. <laughs> <laughs> when he, when Zorin yells, you jeopardize mine, you know that part? Of course. There's a reaction after that, look out for it, where you feel like he went psychotic when he delivered Is that. this a gloft or just a regular a look out for it? This is a regular okay. observation, uh, okay. although I got a really great gloft coming up in just a second. <laughs> um, he reacts afterwards like, oh, I got psychotic, didn't I? Okay. Okay. And it's worth watching for. So he, he overreacts and then there's this like almost prolonged reaction pause where he just kind of rolls his eyes back in his head a little bit and goes, okay. takes a breath and it's like, oh, that's that, right. I'm an evil psychotic genius and I'm doing it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm showing it again. Yeah. He's, uh, he's great in it. That sounds like, a, what is a gloft? It's a Gorley's lookout for this. So, is, is Dolph Lundgren a gloft? He's he would be, but I think m- most people listening to this no. know that he's in there. He's in like one 
quick little thing. Yeah, right? he was um, uh, Grace Jones' boyfriend at the time. That's how he so got she that was role. like, I've got the perfect guy. Yeah, and and she, she was, was right. right. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> well, so that is we. a strong couple. Eminem yeah. agrees. Can you imagine their babies? I, their I, sex must be I'd like vicious. to. Or it's. I feel just like most so of their sex. Missionary. Most no. Most of their sex happens in the air. <laughs> like yeah. they're throwing each other around. Oh yeah. All of I, the penetration is is in yeah. air. Yeah. You can't tell whether to film it or call the cops. <laughs> do you know that sexual position where the guy like picks up the girl and they do it standing and he yeah, holds of course, her like, dude. Do the, I the, ever? The, yeah. It would be the reverse where she's holding him. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, please don't do a drawing of that. Well, oh, here, I it's I coming now. Don't disagree. You know what? Somebody, please do a cross stitch of that, or an animation. I would love to a see a cross it. stitch of that. Oh my god! All right, here's my gloft. All right, Matt. I think you might really appreciate yeah, this. Yes, please. I love a gloft. When 007 is digging up single O ten in the snow, or double O three. Yep. Yeah. You get a close-up on his ski gloves. His <laughs> zippers have dangling bees on them for James Bond. <laughs> This is the first time I've ever wanted an That's actual piece of James Bond apparel. They're white leather snow gloves, and the zipper have a little, like almost like a charm bracelet B on them. Uh huh. So look out for that. That's it's, a great it's glove. It's not a JB. It's just a just B. a B. Yeah. That okay. Is, that is a great glove. Yeah. Wow. Thank yeah. you, yeah. thank you, Matt, for watching with such a keen eye. I've seen this movie so many times that I feel I'm looking in the background now for just yeah. gems. You know, I just I found myself watching this movie and. Really focusing on this unnecessary horse plot. It got to you. It I really will, bothered me. I have two things about it. Yeah. One, exactly right. It has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Two, that thing of the injection happens while the horse is running. Yeah. Is actually a great idea. Mm-hmm. Unless they also drug test after the race. Right. Why would they not right. also just do that? That right. happens a lot. <laughs> it also, it's like... For me, it's really like the inspiration for Vin Diesel's character in Fast and the Furious. That's the Nas. The the the, the when he horse? hits that when he hits that button. Yeah, that's uh, the Nas. I've never yeah. seen one of those movies. What? Oh, <laughs> that's for our next podcast series, Furiously Fasting. I, <laughs> and you guys won't eat. We and won't. watch movies. <laughs> Done. We you guys watch. Eat, oh my god! What if we did it? What if we recorded a series and we just we watched all seven of them? But did not eat. So we're doing commentary while we're watching yes. him, and this is like a fourteen-hour yeah. podcast. And we're set, we're fasting, and the, so it's about food and these movies. Look at and it, look it for it because more and more about food. Hello, look for it on Stitcher Premium. Yeah, <laughs> um, don't pay I, top dollar. And we'd like to add in, to add in, to add in, to add to the suspense of the podcast. We invite a guest over for each movie, but they're allowed to eat. Okay, I'm going to add something else. You're right. They can only eat your favorite foods. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, geez. oh, boy. And the thing is, we do this right as the next one is coming out. So right when we finish the last home video one, we go straight to the theater, <laughs> still recording. So hungry with the smell of popcorn? Yes, and we watch the last Maybe one. Maybe you can eat it, eat during that last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That's our reward. We get movie the- theater food. Maybe it's a drinking game, but it's an eating game. So in the last one, only when they say certain things. So when they say family, certain, yeah. I have to eat a whole hot dog. Yeah, you can you can eat a whole hot you, dog. You though. get to eat a whole hot yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the end of it, you're going to be All right, hot. look for this on Stitcher Premium in 2019. <laughs> um, I thought what the bad guys in this, and I love Grace Jones, and I love uh, Max Zorin. Mm-hmm. I 
the I think they need to work on focus. Too many teams. <laughs> yes. But also on seeming less evil. They're like fully so evil. They're presenting as evil from the yeah. beginning. Yes. Their name is Zorin. Yeah. Um, when she's doing that, when she kills the person with the, there's a fly in his soup, whatever uh-huh. that guy, the butterfly person. Yeah. With the papillon. Yeah. Aubergine. Yeah. It's so obviously her. Right. Like, don't send the most recognizable person in your entire corporation. <laughs> like, it's so obvious. The head. Yeah. They just need to, like, chill it a little bit. There is now, a little too much swinging of that thing. Like, she really yeah. does well, also fucking with the, wind it up. Yeah. But this scene, and I've always thought this is ridiculous, too, because there are clearly easier ways to kill someone. But it is in the great vein of restaurant assassination scenes that... Like that demand that the person is killed by the particulars of the restaurant, like Salazzo and the Godfather. They've got this great toilet we can hide a gun behind. Well, they just happen to have this butterfly lady who does things, so let's use that. Hang on a second. I would put you're those two Yeah, I'm putting those two scenes up there. The, you're saying the restaurant just happens to have a toilet. No, it has one of those old-timey chain toilets that you can hide a gun inside the tank or you behind the tank. You can hide a gun in any tank. Look, I'm not saying the movie says What that. other toilets like you, The <laughs> most idiosyncratic things about these two restaurants are one has a toilet and the other has the flying bird. <laughs> They're not fish. at all. No. The flying butterfly you fish. You like them to each other. Casio specifically like says <laughs> that joint will be great because it's yeah. got one of those old-timey toilets that yeah. you can hide a gun behind. we got to go to this restaurant because it has apps <laughs> on the menu and we can use that. <laughs> They have fantastic, fantastic pizza, but also they have a gun. They have a gun hold hiding place. No, they already have a gun there. Uh, Okay, so before we jump into the Eiffel Tower area of the movie, I do, again, I want to point out my favorite line in all of James Bond that is delivered by someone that isn't James Bond. Wait, let me see if I can guess. Sure. Uh, It's in M's office. Okay. All right. I'm not sure. And it's the it's the reason the prime minister cannot fathom Max Zorin would be behind any of this. Oh, because he's a prominent businessman or something. He says Max Zorin. That's impossible. He's a leading French industrialist. <laughs> oh yeah, he's never French in the movie. I was like, oh my god, Walker's gonna do a fucking crazy accent. It's gonna be great. He's not. But it's like that's the worst reason you can give for anyone to not be evil. He's that, a French industrialist. Yeah, that sounds so evil. Baseline for that is like pretty evil. Yeah. So he's a a genetically engineered, presumably born somewhere in a concentration camp. Well, he was a staunch anti-con. But he's also came French. from East Germany. But he has a New York accent. Well, he has no accent. He sure does. According, is... according to the script. Oh right. Oh he yeah. Says, schedule. <laughs> schedule. He does say schedule. Um, um, go he ahead. has also a pretty good line, which I liked, which was that uh, that the Duke owned this because he thought he was going to get reincarnated as a horse. Oh yeah. That felt like an improv to me. <laughs> Why would anybody write that? That has so little to do with anything. And James Wan just takes it in stride because they didn't get it on his coverage. They got it on Christopher Walken's You're coverage. Right. They'd already gotten bonds. Roger Moore was like, it'll be fine. I don't need to react to it. Roger Moore's in a hot tub at that point, and he's just acting to someone else, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yes, that's right. When we're in M's office, yes. I also like to give a report on the size of Q's hands. <laughs> And we see them up close here. So in Goldeneye, Q's hands are just giant. Like he's clearly got some kind of swelling or something. Yeah, Wait, what sure. do you mean? Q, you know, that character Q. No, I know Q. His hands are just 
huge as a man, as the actor. They're just meat hooks. Okay. And Enormous so in, hands. In this one, I'm going to put them at a golden eye minus two. They're not quite at golden eye, but they're pretty big. So right. like in Dr. No, they're kind of minus seven. Yeah. Or whatever. So How this... many different actors have there been? For Q? For Q? So many. Just Three. two. Three. Really? You're forgetting Cleese. No, but he was R. He was Q in Die Another Day. Oh, they switched him to Q? Yeah. Oh. So this guy, the shape, the size of his hands has varied over his career? They've grown exponentially. <laughs> like, it seems like that part of his body never stopped growing. Okay. <laughs> There's some serious swelling. I'm curious when we get to, uh, to uh, World is Not Enough, what yeah. we're in for. Is he still with us? No. no. And unfortunately, he died in a car accident, not even old age, so he probably would have kept doing them. Oh, my God. So there's the new guy. Now the Ben new guy. Wishaw, yeah. He's the young guy. Yeah. yeah. Great hair and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. he does yeah. have gray hair. Yeah. And then there was John Cleese, who was there for... He was Q in one movie. He was R in the previous He's movie. He's done two I, movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then... So there's only been three actors. And there's also here. the Q from Never Say Never Again. Don't count them. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's non-canon. I don't know why we would count this on okay, this podcast. Okay, yeah. No, obviously it doesn't it count. It's ridiculous, And before man. we get too far ahead, I do want to say that it is a big point of contention for a lot of people but when california girls comes on and that's not uh-huh I, I do get a smile on my face i don't know what to say like it. i will tell you it was like 9 a.m emily was out of town this was yesterday i woke up i got breakfast i was like i'll watch this movie not knowing what the level of quality was yeah and when that came on a uh, a feeling of dread washed over me <laughs> At 9 a.m., I was like, oh, okay. Did oh, the dread... Okay. And it's for so short, too. It's for like 30 seconds. It's not... doesn't play for very long. And it has an awkward fade out into some very dramatic music. So yeah. it's, it's very strange. It's like, you guys get the joke. This is the joke. Punchline's done. Let's move on. Oh. We all know what this is. It's the... I've got to say, it's the second use of a pop song in a James Bond movie. Well, there's... What are you thinking of? There's... Matt Monroe. Oh, right, but there's also the Clash London Calling in one Which of the Which comes later. Ones. Yeah. So oh, I'm saying this is the point, it, chrono yeah. chronologically, it's the second one. And I'm only giving it to Matt Monroe's you, um, From Russia with Love because it's on the radio. And well, then um, Bula Loop one, Underneath oh, the Mango Tree. Underneath the Mango Tree. Yes, yeah. and he sings it. Yeah, so and we'll I think, isn't it third. also on a radio too? Maybe? Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. All right. Wow. Back to... Back to the podcast. Yeah, you guys really do know a lot about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, covering the important things. I wrote down, always this funny question mark. This one is more, right? Like, I'm an early riser myself. There's a lot of dick jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not reading into it. I wonder what no, the no. count, the dick joke count is in Roger Moore films. Like, oh, the double entendre. Across his entire career? Yeah, across all of the, all of the Roger Moore Yeah, movies. his are more, like, uh, just specifically dick related I've as opposed to Connery's yeah just and I've seen a lot of uh a lot of kill counts you know we have each James Bond's kill count I see that floating around on the internet uh -huh. quite a bit uh still the leader Pierce Brosnan um really? but uh, yeah, yeah, isn't that yeah how many strange. was he in he, he's in like five but he kills no, he did four four he's in four I said like five <laughs> uh he does uh he he just has a barrage of killing he uses it a lot of automatic weapons. When like big movies were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It was also like he was doing a lot of the PG thirteen killings where there's no blood and And a couple of his cold openings are him fighting armies too. So, <laughs> so it's true. just a lot of collateral. I mean, yeah. in in Die Another Day alone, he kills half the North Korean army. Right. And in Tomorrow Never Dies, in the beginning and the end, he basically takes on an army. Yeah. 
He's, I mean, he's great. I can't mm. wait for him to be on the podcast, mm. even though Mac Orley does not care for him. I, I care um, for him as a man. You're going to have to explain that to his face. Just not a change. I'm you just going to start. Was, I'm sure you know this, but he was going to be Bond, but then he chose Remington Steele instead. That's not That's not true? Accurate. He was going to be Bond, but NBC chose him instead. Yeah. They renewed Remington Steele. Oh, he was stuck in the contract. There was a period of time where Remington Steele was just about to be canceled, then... He got the Bond part. Then NBC was like, we got a strike on this uh, beautiful uh, PR we're getting for free. So we're going to renew Remington oh Steel. Oh, him. That's like that's... the Tom Selleck, Indiana Jones thing. Didn't they kind of pull the same thing with him? He got Magnum. Magnum. Yeah. He already had it, I think, and they wouldn't let him out, I think. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen that video of Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones? It's he's great. The, it's on the Blu-ray. I it's think he's very good. When he meets... Um, Miriam. Yeah. And yeah. The... the it's so interesting. It's like seeing Eric Stoltzen back in the day. Right. Oh, yeah. footage of that. There's a screen test of Sam Neill for James Bond, too. That's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Cause oh. He, Roger Moore wasn't for sure coming back for Octopussy, so they screen tested him. He Didn't, was good? Eh, I find he him does a okay. boring. He does okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I wonder right. if they would have changed the script. Uh, probably. Do you know? Like, make it less... Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It would probably been a like transition into the Dalton style, I think. Ugh. Oh. I also want <laughs> oh, to say weird. I would watch a whole movie of Grace Jones just trying to calm down a horse. <laughs> I found that very compelling. <laughs> I really was into it. I rewound that so many times because I could not figure in the long shots if... Like, there's sometimes where she's doing it. There's sometimes there's a stunt person where I'm like, okay, that's a black woman. Okay, that's a white woman in full body, black body. Then that might be a man, and I could not figure out what was what in that. So it's anybody's guess. You're just when there was a double, when there was not a double. Yeah. How could you tell it was a white person? That's actually my question as well, Mac Orley. Well, I'll tell you. There's <laughs> oh, a good God. reason because at one point her hat and hood falls off, and it looks like it didn't mean to, and her the hair looks lighter, like shit, like oh okay, like it wasn't supposed to be exposed, and you could see some lighter hair for one quick shot. Interesting. I, see. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that's. Well, totally the case well, like i don't have it. the confidence i do with my wig it's dog. not a gloff um, no it's not a gloff so it's, it's a hey take a look yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh okay let's talk about the are we uh, moving part the horse uh, past the horse part? oh i'm still i mean we're moving still... into horse town okay let's move are we it, I it. think the horse thing exists solely because they went we haven't done horses yet in james bond in any serious they did a little in Goldfinger, but not like is this races. The, is know? this the first one credited to Mike Wilson and Albert Broccoli? Is I don't this know. the first one? Because I noticed they got the double producing credit, Albert Broccoli and Michael hmm. G. Wilson. I'm not sure. Which makes me wonder. Now, this was a Richard Maybaum. So they both got to put full stories in? That's what it's like. Completely <laughs> yeah. Unrelated. Yeah. That's what it seemed like to me. Because yeah. Michael G. Wilson was doing a lot of script yeah. doctoring yeah. on these movies while... And more know, than that. I mean, yeah. he was co-writing them. Yeah. So I feel like the horse thing is, is Michael G. Wilson. Could be. That's what I'm deciding. Um, Could be. I will say with the horse thing, I know we've all poo-pooed it and mm-hmm. said it's mm-hmm. unnecessary. Yeah. They uh, did have me on the hook for that because I was genuinely like... How, wait, it's, I was on board so hard, like, but it's not bread as well. How does it have the juice at the end? What happened? <laughs> I was like, what is the mystery behind this? You were I was, really into bloodlines? I was on the hook. I just knew everyone was flabbergasted, and I was like, I really hope they explain this. And I thought that the explanation, 
Very satisfying with the yeah 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 I can I see that no issue with the horse thing. I'm also I'm like I mean just but to like so cram much... the microchip thing into that. I just was like what what, what, what microchip thing into that? that the microchip was inside the little vial the, and that was what released the yeah they didn't, steroids they didn't need a, it was into just it. a simple remote control thing you don't need to put right. the microchips in every damn thing yeah I completely <laughs> agree that's how they were trying to connect it it was so loose and tangential well, what does it have to do with the microchip Flip them. they're in the horses <laughs> the horses have the microchips in them um, it, it was it was a very long detour it, it was a immensely long it took how long did it take it it had to be an hour it's it's really like an hour of the movie the second had to act be the horse. of the film it's definitely of? the first half of the second act is all horse yeah, yeah. until you know they and they also it's him. like the worst uh, we'll get we'll get to that but like all right so let's talk about jenny flex oh <laughs> who's yeah. this jenny flex is the uh lady who one of one of zorn's Henchwomen. Three henchwomen. Allison Duty. She's from Last Crusade. She's <laughs> Harrison Ford's love interest in Last Crusade. True. So she just plays people who betrays people. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's <laughs> she's got to she's got to run. That was three years after this, right? That wasn't that long. No, it was a. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. So four years. So she's it been in like with three. two James Bonds. She was in with Connery, and Roger Moore. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What were we going to so say? And Walter Donovan. Who played Estados? You can buy. There's an auction happening uh, in the next day or so, next couple of days. That you can. One of the things you can win. A lot of Donovan's uh, clothes are up for auction, as well as Indy's bullwhip. Thirty-two thousand dollars. Yeah, and there's. um, That's how much Indy's bullwhip is. That's the estimate on the auction. I think it goes for more. Um, Starting. But that's the actual. But they used. Yeah, one but of not them. from Raiders, right? One it's of from them. One I think of the it's from. Two. I think it's from Last Crusade. It's from the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Ooh, it's bidding starts at thirty two dollars, <laughs> and it's just a a, a green screen whip. Um, <laughs> but I wanted, but I wanted more out of Jenny Flex, and I wanted more out of the other hench lady. Mm-hmm. They don't get to do much except oh, die. Her name, which I always thought was the name of the woman with the butterfly and the thing, mm-hmm. is Papillon Susu, and her that which means butterfly. But she's not the butterfly woman in the Eiffel Tower. Wait. Wow. Yeah, I know. The, the Asian the lady. Asian henchwoman. Is Papillon? That's her real name. Oh, oh that's the actor's yes. name. Oh. But I thought for sure when I saw that in the credits, I'm like, oh, that's the butterfly woman. The- and they chose her because she already does this act. In fact, I think I've even said as much with no authority. That's sure. very funny, though. You would think sometimes things just come together and make sense. Yeah. Like this one, for instance, I, I, there's a lot. I was watching when Harry met Sally. Mm-hmm. They, they do a, they take a, a they get quiche. Do you remember? Oh, and real men a, eat quiche. Huh? Real men eat quiche. What is that? That was the thing that was popular at this time. It was a book. And it was about, it was like the kale of that time, yes. I think. Because in When Harry Met Sally, there's a line that says it's the quiche of the 90s. They I say remember something is this. the quiche of the 90s. So from that, I was like, oh, quiche must have been like a hip new avocado toast type of food in the 80s. And then they take a dig on, clearly, because 
he's like, it's just an omelet, you know, yeah. like they, so clearly quiche was like the hip new thing that it everybody was. was doing. And they were like, we're going to puncture this. But um, it was, it was then, yeah, I think it was meant to be like a shishi thing. And so yes. it was, you had to like get permission for a man to make quiche. It just wasn't done. You know, that was the sort <laughs> well, of Well, if anyone's going to give book. us permission for a man to do anything. That's right. I'm going to look up this quiche of the 90s quote. And I did no research because I'm glad you told me about the real men eat quiche. 80s. It would be- Pesto is the quiche of the 80s. What? Pesto. Okay. It's the quiche uh, of the 80s. Wait, but the was, quiche thing was in the 80s. I think it must have been late 70s, and then pesto was the next one. But what's interesting is... I like pesto. The, these hip things come, and then they, do, they don't go away. They get incorporated into normal... Everyday like, life, cuisine. yeah. Cuisine, yeah. So yeah. the quiche is just part of our life. Pesto is just part of our life. I assume kale will be just part of our life. I don't want that to happen. Avocado toast? I like kale. I don't like kale. It okay. tastes bitter to me. I like kale chips. Sure. They're I like good. when they're baked and dry and covered From in other Trader things. Joe's? Do you like those? Uh, those I haven't had salty. those. Oh, wait. The book is called Real Men Don't Eat Quiche. Oh, oh see, that makes more that sense. That makes more sense for the that's, joke. That's more, that's more definitely like, hey, this is like a foofy food. And, you know, if you're yeah. like a straight, red-blooded American man, you don't eat shit like this. This is for women. By the way, on the cover is Real Men Don't Eat Quiche. And I know we talked about this last time we did this movie, but it's important. A guidebook to all that is truly masculine. And there's a picture of the seal of the United States, like the eagle with the wings and the emblem. But yeah. in its claws are a television and what looks to be like a boom box or something. Mm. Best-selling tongue-in-cheek books, satirizing stereotypes of masculinity. Wow. Hmm. That's real man don't eat quiche? It's a popularized the term quiche eater, referring to a man who is a dilettante, a trend chaser, an over-anxious conformist to fashionable forms of life. Okay. Oh, that's metrosexual. We're yeah. bringing... Right, right, right. Metrosexual right. used to be quiche eater. I'm yeah. going back to that. <laughs> I'm officially going back to that on this quiche. podcast. Oh, God. You, yeah. You're a quiche eater. I try to be a quiche eater. You're definitely a quiche yeah, eater. I'm you a know? quiche eater. I'm a proud quiche eater from way back. <laughs> I went through a whole quiche phase just a couple months ago where I ate it like three or four times a week. Like, I prefer frittata because oh. it doesn't have the crust and therefore I don't get the carbs. See, I should say the irony is I actually do hate quiche. There's something about the texture that feels like soggy bread. Same with frittata. I can't eat it. Oh, yeah? yeah. So you wouldn't like the sous vide egg white bites from Starbucks? No, I well, don't. you're I, missing out. I re- Whoa, so those are like super healthy? I love them. Um, I do love quiche because of the crust. I like a nice yeah. crust. The crust I can do. Yeah, it's the rest. <laughs> it's of the it. egg part it's you don't feed. like. No, it's are you a, you're an omelet man? Sure, I like omelets. So if Roger Moore made you an, uh, a, a quiche, you'd eat it. Would yeah, you eat the whole thing, or yeah? Just well, eat, pick I mean, I eat part of it, and would then like bronze it? part of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. What's this <laughs> bronze your pie neck. slice? Oh, it's a quiche <laughs> Roger Moore once made for me. <laughs> oh, I see why you bronzed it. Thanks it's, for having me over. I did really do it. Take a dig at quiche, though. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The Eiffel Tower chase. Uh huh. I think it's one of those very iconic James Bond things. It was big at the time, too, because remember Superman 2 had a big Eiffel Tower action set piece where Lois Lane is trapped on the elevator. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 We were really going to it for a little while. Yeah. There. Yeah. Camille, have you ever noticed how the thing that pulls down your crawl space is like a tiny Devo hat? Oh, it is. Uh, Emily loves Devo. We have Devo action figures. <laughs> Is that uh, deliberate? If you pull that, do they come they, raining down? They're up there. They're warming up. <laughs> it's a tiny Devo hat. I can't get over it. 
What it, happens at night in here is the tiny Devo guy crawls up there, gets his hat, and puts yeah, on a little show. It puts on a little show. Matt and Matt and Matt and Matt Attention, fans of Drew Tarver. Drew now has his own hilarious narrative comedy podcast on Stitcher Premium called Strictly Business. Drew Tarver portrays Derek Contrera, a former pro skateboarder who has left the world of extreme sports to become the next great American entrepreneur. Join him as he launches his epic-ass empire of business and talks with titans of the industry. The five-episode miniseries features an all-star cast including Scott Ackerman, Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, John Gabris, Mary Holland, and more. Get a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcherpremium.com forward slash strictly business and use the promo code BOND. That's stitcherpremium.com forward slash strictly business and the promo code is Bond. Warning, credit heads. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking you have to pay it all back because you don't. That's right, Matt. What credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. I don't believe it. It's true. It's the black uh, pie slice on the Wheel of Fortune wheel. No, I'm saying I actually don't believe this. <laughs> oh, well, here's the deal. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let credit associates settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, you can call now on your Sony Ericsson James Bond phone <laughs> at 1-800-400-6412. They'll even show you how much money you could save. You'll probably talk to someone on the hotline named Lashif, so you'd know it's okay. If you can't <laughs> afford to pay off all your debt, don't let the credit card companies tricking you into thinking you have to. Call Lashif at Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you thought possible, without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. Credit Associates depends on your success and offers a guarantee, so apparently there's no risk. For free information, call 1-800-400-6412. That's 1-800-400-6412. It's a lot easier than organizing a $10 million buy-in Texas Hold'em tournament at the Casino Royale. Mr. Bond, I assume? Matt and Matt, Matt and Matt, James Bond Podcast. In the Eiffel Tower, the mm-hmm. Aubergine character, his yeah. dubbing is cartoonically French. What? Aubergine. Since you're paying. Yeah, is it? Oh, no. I should add that to my collection. Oh, no. I mean, it is ridiculous. There's no way the real man talks like that. I would love to see what the real voice was like. Uh, I have it written down here in my notes that he's a dirty Frenchman. He uh-huh. sure is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I think this is before it. Why does Grace Jones fuck him? Just because she's caught snooping around, so she has to be like, actually, I'm just here to fuck you, and so they just go through with it? You mean when he's in her bed? Yeah. To uh, find uh, out more. Yeah. Because Zoran goes, go, go. But, so That's also great acting. That's also great face yeah, acting yeah, from yeah, Christopher really Walken. Good. He was like, <laughs> what <yeah."> the hell? <laughs> yeah. So they both don't want to do it, and they do it to get information. I think, baby, they both do want to do yeah, it. Yeah, they it's have convenient. a good time. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think they're both into the idea yeah, of like, sure. oh, what's this guy like? What's she like? Yeah. Let's fucking find out. She was so exotic as a child. Like, just, you know, she was part of that punk scene that I, I was always a little like, what is this? And now as a grown man, I find myself more and more 
charmed by her. Yeah, she yeah. was very specific. I mean, I'd yeah. bake her a quiche. Yeah. I saw her perform a couple years ago, and she was really something. <laughs> really? What was yeah. she performing? Music? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> kind of. Was, it, was she a good performer? Good show? Yeah. Yeah, she was great. And Future Islands opened for them. Oh, they're great. Yeah, I love them. And I said it at the time, but I felt like their whole set was just summoning her. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because he does like gestures. It's a specific kind of magic. The whole thing. It's a specific like kind of magic that conjures, yeah. uh, conjures her. Um, I think this line is also before the Eiffel Tower where I slept well, a little restless, but then I got off eventually. Oh yeah, it's a great line. It's yeah. a fantastic line. They yeah. are they are pound for pound delivering. I think his worst and best double entendre. You know what? One of his greatest. Lines is because, oh, I have it written here. You guys continue on and I'll look for it. Okay. Um, the German doctor's hair lets you know he's evil. And his monocle. <laughs> oh, all evil people really present as evil on first glance. It's really ridiculous. I'll say we should talk line. about the taxi chase. Uh, Follow that parachute? I Yeah, I really... Loved the car getting cut it's in half. It's so good. Yeah, I thought the car getting it's cut in half was It's incredibly done. It's a real, like, um, I don't think we ever see that in a James Bond movie where the thing that he's riding in gets so torn to shit. So it's got to be, and he just all, keeps going. Drive. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a cool image. It looked great. It was yeah. fun. It was funny. I understood what it was. It was goofy. The bus jump, too, is amazing. The bus jump's great, and he knocks off all that uh, luggage. Uh, which I was, I felt bad for the people inside. Yeah. Their luggage was just gone on the road. Yeah. And then uh, I also felt bad for the couple getting married. Because he, he jumps on her, he jumps on their cake. But do you, he falls directly oh, he says, Congratulations. on yeah, that does. cake, or at least like three quarters of the way on that cake. Yes. Yeah, and he gets up and there is no cake on him. <laughs> None. None. He smashes the cake and there is no cake on him. I did not notice that. That is very annoying. Yeah. There's no continuity there. They also, the guy falling on the cake looks nothing like Roger Moore. He And he does such a weird, like, almost mannequin pose. Yeah, like he, he just hits. falls yeah. straight down. I've never seen legs straighter. Yeah. Than when he's falling through glass onto a cake. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> Congratulations. Very good. Oh, before we... I'm sorry. Sinjin Smythe. Huh? Sinjin Smythe. Go ahead. Yeah. Sinjin Smythe. <laughs> But it's Saint John Smythe. Right. They're saying Sinjin Smythe. Yes. Also, why pick such a cumbersome name? <laughs> it's so much. It's clearly like, oh, of all these, this is the name that stands out. I Don't think, you want a lame name? I think it's I think it's part of his having fun with his cover. Yeah, it's gotta be a British thing that we just aren't as familiar with or something. I don't Sinjin know. Sinjin Smythe. That like how well, Jack is a nickname for John. Patrick, something. you think we don't know about that? No, I know we know about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're saying that that's yeah. our yeah. Saint and Smith. Yeah. So wait, yeah. Saint is, and Smith. why is it? Are they saying Sinjin or Saint John? They're saying Sinjin, I believe. That's the. Do you think so? That's like Mike to from Michael. I think, but I don't know. You're well, saying that's my computer, guess. It says Saint John Smith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, he says, "Is this a joke they do always when they're like mm-hmm. he's going as does he where he says." The name's Sinjin Smythe. 
James St. John's Smythe. Like yeah. they did that yeah. job they, to Bond they don't, Bond? No. Yeah. That's you ridiculous. Don't think so? They don't always. They are. He doesn't always use that name. No, no I know, no, no, but no, he's but I mean, referencing that. He's right. referencing yeah. that. Yes. That's not a joke that they do. But also by this logic and Diamonds Are Forever, shouldn't the leading lady be credited as Jill St. John? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Jill St. John. Jill St. John. Well, maybe she was like, you know, like... My friend Thomas Middleditch is like, it's Thomas, it's not Tom, it's not Tom. Maybe she's like, it's not St. John, it's St. John. Oh. <laughs> some people don't like it. Like, some people are Matthews, you know? Not us. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. We don't care Mats. for it. But I'm also like, if you call me Matthew, I'm not going to... Do you fine. think... That's I'll answer to it, too. choice. Do you think that Matt Perry and Matthew LeBlanc... Or maybe I flipped that. I did, did flip Matthew that. Matthew Perry and... Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think they were like, okay, we got to figure out who's who here? Oh. Yeah. We gotta, one of us is going to be Matthew. One Do of us is going to be Matt. Yes. But we kind of call each other Matty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we... That's we, just our pet It's name. a familiarity. Yeah. Is it weird to be friends with someone who has the same name as you? I don't have that experience. <laughs> well, we're not friends. Okay. No. Yeah. We're a professional. Or host a podcast. We host that podcasts. Is that is odd. It no, is because odd. I grew up with so many mats that it's... Yeah. So common for a gender. There was so it's a... not weird to call someone your name and someone else responds. I just don't have that experience. Right. Between 1975 and 1985, 40% of American boys were named Matthew. And Kumail. Yeah. yeah, I gotta meet him. <laughs> is, is Kumail common in no, Pakistan at all? It's so, not common in Pakistan. I've met one Kumail in my life uh-huh. in Pakistan, and then I haven't met. I've in my entire life I've met one Kumail. Did your parents get it from the lineage? Was there a, was there a Kumail in in the in like your great grandfather or no? Where it's it come a very from? religious. It's like a deep cut religious, specifically Shia name. So like if if I, I was named Lazarus. Or something that would be like the analog for today. Well, Lazarus is still that's worked its way into popular culture, yeah, okay. so it doesn't count. It would have that. to be like Ingle Ramos. Yes. What? Okay. Ingle Ramos. Yes. Who's that? That's, yeah, a, that's the, right. the the farthest back we can trace the Gorley lineage to a guy named Ingle Ramos. Ingle Ramos Gorley. Not, not and it sounds like ignorance. I know. Yeah. You can say that. it. It's okay. <laughs> well, Kumail has now become more common. Not. Because of me, but like when my family did it, yeah, it sort of was a way of being like, we're Shia, yeah. we're not Sunni, because no Sunnis will have that name. Oh, I very see. Specific. And I think from that sort of like trying to reclaim an identity, okay, it sort of becomes slightly more common. It's still not a common name, but I will say this: when I was um, in like the sixth or seventh grade, mm-hmm. there was a new um, brand of condensed milk that came out that was like. Uh, it was called Kumel, but spelled C-O-M-E-L-L-E. And the tagline, it was in Urdu, but it would be like, uh, thick, sweet. Uh, so far, it, this checks out. It was like, <laughs> the, the single, the, this, I'm trying to, creamy, yes. It would be like, <laughs> yeah, uh, Kumel, thick, sweet, creamy milk. Did and they, people, that was a real nightmare for me. Did people they, really wanted Was there my, a jingle? Was there an Urdu jingle? Uh, no, it was like it would. They would always just say, "Gara mita malaydar dude," and people would be like yelling that at me across the street. Hey, can I have your thick, sweet, creamy milk? Oh man, real nightmare. Did Nobody they know that was come? Kumail. 
Huh? Did they know that that was? Yeah, yeah. I think we all. But what did the problem with that though is what if there was someone that really wanted your thick, sweet, creamy milk and you wouldn't act on it? I would think that if someone actually wanted it, they would find a different way to communicate it to me than yelling it at me <laughs> across, across the, the playground. I'm just saying statistically, it's in possible a, in a very derogatory manner. Well, I think I might have missed one out of so the so naming you Kumail was like the quiche or avocado toast of the yes. day. Oh yeah. my god! Oh, it was a swing. <laughs> out of all my like. Uh, like my brother has a much more common name so I think they were like they got me and then they were like oh this one's a total fucking little weirdo so let's go to a more normal name my parents uh, have very common names uh, most of my cousins have pretty common well names. then why you why why did you get that I don't know they were does the is the is it common is it you know because baseball has all of these terms and I wonder if cricket shares any of them where like you're trying to hit a home run or a sixer as sixer. they say do you swing for the fences? Is that a thing that people say? No, I I, I haven't heard that. Okay. No. All right. Well, your That's, parents swung for the fences. Yeah, they one. swung for the fences. They were going for a sixer. <laughs> and they, you know. But they instead, got a, they got a sticky wicket. <laughs> Come on, dude. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. And I think you know it. I, I went there is, the, there is what a is, scene in The Big Sick where you're explaining cricket, cricket, on cricket on a board, which is something you did to me yeah. when we were working on, remember Jonah's video game pilot? Yeah. You got up at the whiteboard yeah, and I essentially ex- wrote the same exact things yeah. trying to explain cricket to me. I can I explain still- cricket to you in 20 minutes, but you really have to forget baseball. 20 minutes? Well, I've never learned baseball, so this sounds All right, good you'll to be me. Right. Yeah. 20 minutes? Well, that's a pretty big in-depth explanation. Because I think people are always just like still trying to transpose it to baseball. Right. You really... I there won't are have that problem. I okay, won't have good. that problem. Did you know in Casino Royale there's a whole deleted scene at a cricket match? No. That whole opening scene with a fight in the bathroom is at a cricket field. Really? And they're, oh. they're, he's ch- kind of like stalking that guy through the bleachers of a cricket match. Oh my that god. Movie yeah. would have been even longer. <laughs> What's funny is that, you know, all the terms are, like you say sticky wicket because it sounds funny. There are so many funny terms like Yorker, googly, silly mid on, silly mid off. These are actual legit silly, silly mid on. That means closer. Like mid on is a little further away. But they don't mean silly like goofy. No, okay. silly mid on is closer. Oh. They don't even make the connection. So like long on is far away. It's a fielding position. Uh-huh. Long on is far away. Yeah. If it's a straight line to the batter, it's like right by the boundary, right by the wall, the uh-huh. home run wall. That's long on. Then that straight line a little bit closer is mid on, and then that same line a little super close is silly mid on. My question is, why do they need names for these these uh, shifts, these defensive shifts? Do they? Well, you got twenty minutes. Do they have to call them out? Do they have to announce? No, them? No, but someone you know, if the if the captain sets the field and they change the field, so uh-huh, in baseball uh-huh. it's pretty much the same. In yeah. cricket, there's like many different variations, so they can just be like, you think it's long same. on, silly mid on. See, that's a non-baseball person watching baseball right there. There are many defensive shifts in baseball. They'll yeah, even, but they get closer or further away. They'll even move all of the players over to one side of the diamond. But that doesn't happen often. Doesn't happen often, but Yeah, but can. in cricket, that happens often. Mm. You can also get people super close. So, like, you can get a... Like, here, there's a catcher, but no other fielder's really close, yeah. you know, generally. In cricket... You, ha- you can have, like, people super close to you. Do they worry about the ball hitting them in the head? Yeah, it's a very hard ball. Yeah. People will wear helmets when they field up close. Yeah. yeah. Oof. I don't care for this. Oh. I love this cricket discussion, though. I don't care for the getting hit in the head with a hard ball. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. The... <laughs> so in the 
we get Patrick McMay, who yeah. narrates. If you, Kamel, you might not know this, but there's a series of documentaries they put on all of the laser discs that went, were then transferred over to the DVDs, now the Blu-rays. They're documentaries about each James Bond movie, and Patrick McMay does the narrating mm-hmm. for Who's all that? of them. He's he plays Tib- Tibbet. Yeah, Sir Godfrey. Who Sir Godfrey, who is Tibbet. This He's is the first time I put it together. The that driver he was of the Rolls, sir, and he was treated like yes, that. that's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. He drives the Rolls Royce. He's uh, James Bond's okay. cover driver. His valet. Uh-huh. The guy was like, "Well, he'll get my bags." Like yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he was the- Tibbet. Stop wheezing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like that they had to record like scripted fights. Yeah, yeah. To like leave right under. The really air. spectacular. That that Kumail might not remember this, but the the British series, The Avengers. Yeah. That's he's he's one of the Avengers. Oh wow! Yeah. So he was like when he was much younger. Him and like, Emma Peel, him and Tracy Bond. That's right, Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg. Yeah. They were the Avengers. I did not know Diana Riggs from that. I know her from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I was like, this is, you know, those older British actors who can like do everything and anything and yeah. work in all different modes, like Jeffrey Rush or somebody. Yeah, where you're yeah. Like, you could do everything because that's like all that. they do. Jeffrey they, Rush would be a good Bond villain. They can do oh, these, be a the great Bond villain. classically trained like British stage actors can do that thing which not a lot of American actors can do, which is they can be really over the top and still believable. Like yeah. they can really swing for this. They can really go for a sixer, <laughs> but still feel real and not feel over the top. Is that a term? Go for a sixer? No. no. Ah, I'm just trying I want to it to be a term. Speak Dinah Riggs language. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I love I love him in this movie. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. He's wonderful. He's very funny. Yeah, I love the Rolls Royce. I, when I put it together that he's an actual sir, and then to think he's just killed in a cheap gas station car wash, it's all the more tragic. I like that he went to a car wash. Yeah, like he had his cover story and yeah. still did it and went to the car. Yeah. <laughs> That is a very good point. That is a ve- his cover story was I'll go to a car wash, but because he he did dirty the car. If it was dirty, yeah. yeah. So, but I'm, also it's like why not go do that thing first? You know, where you're trying to notify M and get word out, then go to the car. Wash. Right, because right. you're gonna get the car dirty yeah. on the way back. Probably. It's like when I'm going to Starbucks and I need to stop at Seven Eleven. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, those are too similar. Pick a different. Yeah. Thing. Oh, but that's my day every day. But it's also more important to get that message out. Yeah. He should have done that first. Also, Mayday's everywhere she needs to be. So she's in the room when, or come into the room when Bond is there and she mm-hmm. makes love, gets I, out of her clothes instantly yeah. and she gets, in, she gets out of her leotard instantly. That too. is in Bond's room, right? It's her room. That's it's her room. Her room. That's her room. Yeah. I thought it was his room. But then she's also the gatekeeper when Tibbet is leaving. Yes. I'm sure she's waiting for him because she knows she's going to take care of him. I, but it does seem weird that she's I just think everywhere. in many ways it makes her the most formidable henchman in James Bond history. Yeah, I think she's one of the better ones. Do they generally sure. turn at the end? No. No, just Jaws and her? Jaws there, and her. Yeah, are there any others? There might be some. Huh. We're lovers, gonna... not experts. Yeah. I mean, given... Oh, that's good. That's, that's a good way to say it. I should have said that when I had my X-Files podcast. <laughs> Would have saved me a ton of grief. <laughs> you, you, oh, I'm so angry. You hear from the people, don't you? Uh, yeah, you hear you, it from the people. When you tackle a, a popular franchise, you hear from the people. You hear, and, and X-Files fans are... Lovers and experts. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's what we, we started this season by reminding everyone. 
Don't get mad at us if we get something wrong canonically. Yeah. We just yeah. we love the franchise. We're yeah. not experts. In and the if you know the truth, then it's not who's it hurting, right? right. You already know. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. And you're if you don't right. know, you don't know. You should say yes. the yeah. truth is out there. I don't have it, yeah. but the truth yeah. is out Did there. Did you ever right. get through all of those? No. Uh, well. It got weird. Well, we got busy with the movie. Yeah, uh, The Big Sick, it's in theaters right now. Come back, back out in wide soon. release, right? Yeah, it's back out in wide release this weekend. Yeah. And it's Trying to take down The Bodyguard, that movie? The Bodyguard's Bodyguard's Bodyguard? The Bodyguard's Bodyguard's. <laughs> My God. That movie was number one. This Three week, weeks in a row. Street, we were like nine million on Labor Day weekend. I don't even like, know what movie that is. That's the... Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, that one. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Sam Jackson. I went to Whitney Hughes and Kevin Costner. Then I went to that Matt Dillon, Chris Makepeace deal from the late 70s. Do you sure. guys remember that one? Nope. No. We don't. No, you remember that? Uh, Kumail was born somewhere else and I just didn't oh, care. Look it up. It's a goodie. <laughs> of course, I haven't seen it in 30 years. So, Yeah. But it's uh, The Big Sig is back in theaters yeah. and uh, it's on iTunes. We're actually, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, it's coming on iTunes very soon, but they're trying to push the release date because they didn't think it would still be playing be in, in theaters. theaters. Yeah. And so... I don't know. It looks. I honestly, I think it's worth seeing in the theater. Yes, uh, it's fun to laugh with people. Yeah, and it's fun to hear sobbing from uh, other parts Aww, of the yeah. theater. Community. It's, it's not a beautiful, finished. beautiful movie. Thank you, man. You're very right. welcome. Now back to this. We're in Horsetown, right? I want to talk a little bit about the German doctor. So, when he is saying that he's not a doctor of medicine, he's lying, right? Because he's clearly a doctor of medicine meaning does he literally have a doctorate in medicine well he says he has a phd right right do you think it's in medicine well it's not in medicine but it is like genetic engineering and stuff but which uh, i feel like you have to be a doctor for. Are also are nazi doctorates transferable well, yeah can they write question. a prescription <laughs> it could be. i need some xanax <laughs> can you me up? it could be like when some like someone immigrates here from from anywhere well, and I, has to go back to fucking that's my dad now, Did he have know. to go to medical school twice? Your dad he had to genetically do... engineered? He yeah, but, yeah my, ja- my dad was a Nazi doctor. Oh, that's weird. It was a real tough that's thing. That's crazy. Yeah, he's super old. <laughs> um, but now he's back in demand. <laughs> he's back. He's got a whole young following now. <laughs> no, my dad was a doctor in Pakistan when he came here. You don't have to go to medical school again, but you have to take the exam, the I USML, see. the, uh-huh. the Oh. Exam you take at the end, and you have to do your residency again. Okay. So it's like that's another what two years, three years residency, oh, wow. and then the studying for the exam, and you know everything's. But he didn't have to study, right? He had it all. No, he said that a lot of medicine has changed. Like they just know so much more now than oh. they did. Like you know, he took his it was in his fifties, and he did it in his twenties. So like thirty years oh, later, bet. all the textbooks yeah. are completely different. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, wow. He was like you know using leeches and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Double doctor. Yeah, he was he was giving abortions by having them pour sour milk uh, uh, under a tree at the full moon. I thought it was Coca Cola. Camel milk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sour camel milk. <laughs> there were some confusing nights, but the only thing it. I know about this doctor is his eyebrows are like awnings. They are incredible. <laughs> they, I, they do you think? Here's my question: Do you think that he had this hair when he auditioned? I think that's what got him the part. A serious question. Like, do you think probably, that they were like, plays oh my this God, kind of thing this, this hair, let's keep this for this role. He probably plays this kind of thing, I would imagine. Though I don't feel like I've ever seen him in anything, but... No. Does he, pre- does he... He essentially created 
Max Zorn, right? Yeah. That's a it's weird... Just, it's almost like... It's, it's his, his baby. Yeah. They have, like, a bit of a father-son relationship. Yeah, like when he's, he's like, dying. He's the only one that he shows affection to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he taps his head. And yeah. he's screaming at him from the blimp, Max, Max. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of sweet in a way. <laughs> also don't understand his plan with the dynamite. <laughs> what is he going to well, do with the dynamite? carry oh, dynamite around? <laughs> like, he's <laughs> intending that exploding exactly when it's midair where Bond is, because it ain't going to stick on anything. <laughs> No, it's, it's not a sticky grenade. It's quite no. possibly the worst plan I've it ever seen. It is a comical, like, if a child drew a stick of dynamite, <laughs> it would be that. Yeah. It's like an old school. And of candle. course, they yeah. have to fumble with it. You know, yeah. it gets lit and dropped. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay, so German doctor, great. Um, the horse, I will say the horse auction looked appealing to me. I love any auction scene. I liked the whole... Uh, huge life like stuffed horses. Like you could walk, you walk by all those. They oh, weren't statues; they were just stuffed horses. Oh, taxidermied, taxidermied. horses, oh. which makes me think maybe I want a taxidermied horse. Weird. How thing? much does that go for? Yeah, I that, don't know. I'll do one cheap if you want one. Oh, you'll you just, actually make the taxidermy. Get me a horse. I'll do that. Too. I've thought yeah. about getting my dog <laughs> taxidermied after he passes. Now, okay, how do we feel about this? I, this, this is, is I have real question. confliction this about this because we've talked about this for our dumb cat, and and immediately I'm like, no, because they always turn out to be emaciated, bizarre versions of themselves that don't age well, and yeah. you're going to be reminded of a ghoulish version of the pet you love. Yeah. I don't want to stuff my cat. My wife, you don't however, stuff bagel? you want to stuff your wife? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to stuff her with some of your kumail? Marty, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I just scolded you with my wife's nickname <laughs> reflexively before even thinking that. Oh, that's what you call her? They call, call, they call, they call each, each other Marty. Marty for some reason. I still don't fully understand why. But <laughs> it was, it was in her once, wedding speech. Yeah. She said once, you look like a Marty. And so I started calling her that out of like a nickname revenge. And uh-huh. it's just stuck. But yeah. I didn't even think and I just scolded you like we would joking. That's so how much close happened. we are. That's yeah. how close we so are. So much is yeah. going on. That's I true. like the stuffed horses too. Yeah. I don't like stuffing animals. I think it's fucking weird. If it's like some cool animal that I don't know. You'll never see again. Dies of natural causes. Let's yeah. get it stuff. I don't want my cats. No prior relationships. No prior relationships. But I yes. kind of... So... Amanda wants. No, I think we both arrived at you the same. Both cloning was a different story. <laughs> cloning is absolutely a different story. Dory and I have discussed this too, and the fact that I've discussed the fact that I would like to clone Bo. I have no ethical. I was saying yesterday on our on the podcast video with my wife. I was saying that I would like to get Bo cloned, have the clone puppy born, so that the clone puppy can be in there when the older Bo gets put down. <laughs> Oh, jeez. And then it would just be a cycle. It would be like a transporter. Yeah. You know, because when you're transported in Star Trek, the, the dirty secret of all of it is they, you're dead. Yeah, you're getting cloned. You get killed and then you rematerialize on the transporter pad. Or but your memories are intact. Everything's intact. All the synapses and everything are there. Well, aren't you doing that every seven years anyway with it's just your... With Ponfar? No. <laughs> Cellular... Yeah, regeneration. Cellular regeneration, yeah. sir. Yeah, I guess. But so... I want to just keep a steady stream of bows. I also I want to see that. how Bo would react to puppy Bo. I, I was pro-cloning Margot simply because we could then raise her from a kitten, which we didn't get the chance to do. And exactly. there might be a shot at her having some semblance of a decent personality. <laughs> are there... Are they cloning animals? No, they don't do it in... I don't know about dogs. They don't do it in the United States. It's, but you can get it done. Other places? Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's... It's not very successful, and you're not even guaranteed to get... Your animal carbon. back? <laughs> 
We got to use up a lot of the existing animal. <laughs> the clone is 90% this one. What That's if they just send left. you back? That's another, all we got oh, left is a totally tail. separate cat going, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, we really nailed some recessive genes yeah, on this one. Oh, my God. Know. This is a badger. I'm going to look into it. But I, fe- I feel like within 10 years, you yeah. know. Oh, so my God. Yeah, we're going to be cloning everything. If Bo makes yeah. it to 13 or 14, I feel like. We're going to make it to we'll, that. We'll, We'll get them cloned. I'm, yeah. yeah. Well, join us in 10 years when we do our Assuming Stitcher we're podcast. <laughs> our Stitcher podcast, uh, Too Fast and Very Hungry. Uh, all right. I want to see the scene where Bond comes out of the lake after breathing from the tire and has to walk home. So crazy that soggy. that's not seen. The next time we see him, after he's underwater, breathing air from a Michelin tire. Yeah. That is one of the Royce. scenes that I remember. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, well, yeah. I guess I've seen this one because I remember this little flash. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just need to know what to do in case of you going underwater with a car and you can't resurface because the villains are outside still. Yeah. It's good to have that knowledge in your yeah. head that you can breathe out of a tire. Um but uh, it is so weird to me that they just flash to him in San Francisco. Yeah, I think they don't want to show that undignified version of James Bond. <laughs> and we don't want to see it. Maybe they just were like, oh, when he's soggy, he looks every bit of 57. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> he's 57 sopping wet. <laughs> um, so we also meet the Bond girl of this movie. Is at that the, the Charlie's Chateau. Angel? Yeah, yeah. Tracy Sutton, or um, what's her real name? Uh, uh, Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts. Tanya yeah. Roberts. Um, who is a third plot to this movie? Right, yeah. second tier Charlie's Angel. Right, she was was she in the second wave or even the third? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Is she American? I think yeah. so. Yeah, and Beastmaster. She was in Beastmaster. Oh, she's Beastmaster's yeah. lady. Yeah, I have her autograph the, from Beastmistress from the James Bond card set when I bought a bunch of cards. Oh, so you didn't meet her. Hers was one of the. No, no, no. I definitely googled her. Yeah, yeah. Why not Googs? Well, yesterday yeah. googled her to see what's going on. Let's I remember that was one my dad always would say like, "Oh yeah, Tanya Roberts, huh?" You know, like, <laughs> she for some reason really. What was stuck your relationship with, with your dad? <laughs> We were swingers together. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> Get over here, Maddie. <laughs> oh my God. Um, are we at the presentation? Uh, well, yeah. Because oh, I have something yes. to say about that. Of course. I like the jar of sand. I don't know what you like. I liked like, that oh, too. Yeah. Jar of sand. What are you going to use it for? I'm just going to sift it through my fingers, <laughs> yeah. and then that'll be that. The but beauty. it has got to be clean. I like that. I might also keep some Star Trek earworms in there, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Star Trek earworms. This sequence yes. is, is not a one-two punch. It's a one-two-three-four punch, because it begins with this, this great demonstration, followed by one of the best assassinations in a Bond movie. Yes. When you turn a metal staircase into a slide from a blimp. Yeah. And this guy comes flying out. Then it's followed by, and I never noticed this before, Mayday putting on her sunglasses, which are asymmetrical ovals. Did you notice that? One is vertical and one is horizontal. No, I did not notice that. (laughs) Which is then followed by a great pun with Christopher Walken saying that he had to drop out. Yeah. Anyone, yeah. The and drop then it's out ended right. by use of the title. What a view A view to a kill. I mean, if that isn't a stunning two minutes of, I mean, it's American quite a sequence cinema. in cinema. It, it really British is cinema. also, but I just want to know what happens to that blimp. Don't we see it at the end? No, that's it's not the same blimp. blimp. That's a very no. small blimp. Is it? Wait, this, what? You know, it, I think they're meant to be the same blimp. No, no way. Is it the same coloring? Yeah. The the external 
blimpy part. But I'm talking about the the, the undercarriage of the blimp. The carriage. Oh, the but cabin. they weren't. They weren't. They were in the right. I think. I it think was that's above that. Disagree. Implied. Disagree. I think they're two completely different. Well, blimps. I think like technically, yeah. You're no, right. no, no. I think story wise, even story. You think they intend that to be two different? Yeah, because one's a hidden blimp inside of a shack. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, you're right. And the other blimp is this giant blimp that has a conference room and multiple levels. Okay, I think you're right. Yeah. So he has like a business blimp and like yeah, a and fun a pleasure blimp, blimp, and, blimp. A, and a hidden blimp. <laughs> yeah, he's got a multiple blimp situation. I do love the idea of like, yeah, let's bring blimps back for a bit. Yeah, yeah, and let's have a bunch of different kinds. Yeah, yeah. How fast can a blimp go? Not. <laughs> one, not fast. One knot. Well, then like, one knot. How? What was that trip like? From fucking Germany to New York. Oh, the Hindenburg? It, you know, I'll other, tell you other blimps. Like, not great. <laughs> other blimps have made it further, yes. But also, but like, how that, long that does thing that thing goes fast enough for them to sneak up on Tracy in the end and snatch her. Yes. I mean, that's preposterous. Yeah. Everything else in this movie checks out completely. <laughs> other that's, than that, that's... yeah, they do just snatch her up. Uh, you guys talk about it. I gotta pee. <laughs> All right. So, Kumail... Watching this movie again, well, not again, but watching this movie for the first time through adult eyes, did you did you think to yourself, if this is what James Bond is always like, I'm going to go back and watch all of these Roger Moore movies? Or did you go like, nah, I get it? No. It made me want to watch the best five. Oh. What are the best five? Like, I actually emailed my friend who's a big, big James Bond fan. Not you. Well, this is weird. What? Why wouldn't you email me? Well, because I didn't want to talk to you about it until the podcast. Oh, so I was texting this my... This is... I feel a little betrayed here. No, no, no. I didn't... I purposefully did not text you about this. Because if I was like, what are the best five X-Files episodes? I wouldn't text somebody else. Well... This well, is just feels... I just didn't want to hear your opinion on this one. <laughs> I see. I just... I, I, I didn't see. Google it. I just wanted to go in completely clean. Did your friend text you back the five best? No, but I but as I was watching this one, I was like, I'm watching View Do or Kill, what's going on? And he said it was a series low. Oh, That's what boy, he said. oh, boy. But I disagree. Um, oh, I mean, filmmaking-wise, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super fun. But I want to see, like, the five... It made me want to see the five best ones. That I, I, I would love to get you that list. And what, I what is that to, list? Well, it's, it's, it's... Not to get controversial. Casino Royale. Okay, seen that one. Uh, it's Goldfinger. Okay. Uh, from Russia with Love. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, now here's the, he's asking for the five best James Bond movies because I was asking him what this movie made him want to do, and he said that he wanted to see the best five James Bond movies. So I was trying to give him the list, and then I'm after I got Casino Royale, Goldfinger, and From Russia with Love, I then started to go well. I'd throw View to a Kill in here, but it's not one of the best. It's just one of the more fun to watch. That's fair. You got to represent the whole series. <sighs> Honor, Majesty, Secret Service. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe a Live and Let Die. You might want to put Living Daylights in. Should there. we just give him one? We'll give you one from each Bond. Okay. How does that work for yeah. you? That yeah. Works so better. Living for you? Daylights, obviously, from yeah from Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton gets the Living Daylights. Best or at least the most representative of each actor. Yeah. Okay. So Connery. Sean Connery gets Goldfinger. Yeah. Goldfinger has to be the one because that's like really seem that becomes the template for all James Bond movies okay. that come after that. Uh, Lazenby on a Magic Secret Service. He uh, he he came out of the box, hit a sixer, and yeah. left. He did one. Yeah, he did one, one and done. But it's a Why? great one. 
<laughs> oh, it's a long story, but he thought the like counterculture was taking over, and he didn't want to play a stiff. Uh, really? Yeah, that's uh-huh. his. That's his uh-huh. line on it. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what was that? Like sixties? So that was sixty nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, the hippies were coming in. Yeah, he was like, I can't play this guy in a suit. Yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. He wouldn't really? shave his beard for the premiere, and they got all upset with him. Wow. Yeah. He. Yeah. 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 Really uh, worked out. And then as far him. as Roger Moore goes, you've already seen View to a Kill, so I feel like we get a freebie. We can give him another Roger Moore. I'd say Live and Let Die. A lot of other people would say Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll say Live and Let Die as well. It's his so first. So you're Live and Let Die from Roger Moore. He's only uh, he 45 was, in that one. Yeah. He was my James Bond in the sense that when I first started watching James Bond movies when I was a kid, it yeah, was me too. the new ones were all Roger Moore. So right. he was my first James Bond. Yeah, and uh, from Pierce Brosnan, there's going to be some disagreement from myself and Matt on this because I enjoy Pierce Brosnan a lot more than Matt does. That's not to say he doesn't enjoy you, Mr. Brosnan. We'll see you on the podcast. But uh, Tomorrow Never Dies for me. Goldeneye. It's the gold finger of the Brosnan era. Disagree. It's, everybody thinks it's the best. Don't listen to him. <laughs> okay, all right. I won't. Yeah. Tomorrow Never Goldeneye. Dies. Goldeneye. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to see Terry Hatcher in a Bond movie? I mean... I could take it or leave it. Wouldn't you rather see Famke Janssen and uh, uh, oh, she's Isabella a, is that Zinni on, on uh-huh. a top? Yeah. Is that who that is? Yeah. Wouldn't you, Plus you got Sean Bean. Wouldn't I've you seen like to all see... of them. All of these, but I don't remember. Like, I know Goldeneye. Who's the baddie? Um, Sean Bean. Sean, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. You don't like Jonathan Price as a bad guy? I do like Jonathan Price. I mean, okay. come on. Okay. Well, yeah. now it's yeah. tricky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. One back. of my favorite lines in this movie was... Um, Maybe this is later, but uh, Bubbles Tickle My Tchaikovsky. Yeah. I really thought that was a... Tchaikovsky. <laughs> I looked at their the music, too. They've got my Tchaikovsky. Cass- cassette tapes of Tchaikovsky, yep. what I think is Art Garfunkel, and then some vaguely Asian music from the Orient. Okay. That's, that, that's their playlist. Was it called Music from the Orient? Probably. Uh, oh, we did not talk about the computer scene Yes, where the... Uh, He's, He's putting in the facial Bond. images of, of, of James His Bond. His reactions to that are so good. So good. He's so getting good. happy. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting excited that yeah. this, this guy's a license to kill. He's like, oh. He's getting like turned on. He, I it's think so he's like, great. I think he feels like, oh, they sent this guy after yeah, me. Yeah, wow. I feel great. I'm deal. very important. That's a great. And he like has him look around like, oh, look over there. Oh, look over here. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really think Christopher Walken is so delightful. And, and I also love the graphic license to kill that comes up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good desktop. Oh, that would be a good desktop screen. Uh, okay. So we get to San Francisco and, 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 and I have a real problem with this. And I don't remember if we talked about it the last time we talked about View to a Kill. So you've talked about View to a Kill. We did a crossover episode with How Did This Get Made? Where we did a live one at Largo. I see. I see. I see. Um, so this is our for actually this is our first official James Bonding that's right view to a kill yeah um, but I, the 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 fact that the code language in San Francisco is for the guy to ask if he is looking for anything special. And is could you have any soft shell crabs? Which is something. What if somebody oh, wants right. anyone could right. say? I was. Right. I wrote that down. Yeah. Do people not ask for soft shell crabs? Like it's. But crazy. you guys didn't see the sign. Wuhan's hard shell crabs only. <laughs> only Shack. hard shell crabs. Yeah. <laughs> I so I just yeah. feel like there has to be. 
I, I feel like 20 times a week, yeah. this guy is showing his CIA badge to, to, like, to, to strangers. Going, right? <laughs> I just want soft-shell crabs. Why do I have to go on a walk with I you? I didn't do anything. Why are you just, showing me this? I, okay. Yeah, sorry. So I want to ask for soft-shell crab. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Does so. he put English on it? Does he go like, can I have some soft-shell crabs? <laughs> his backup one is like just, just high. Yeah, <laughs> that guy is showing a CIA badge to every fucking person. <laughs> it's a ridiculous. It's it's okay. The bubbles took a my Tchaikovsky, uh, and I like how the head of the KGB waits downstairs for her to finish blowing 007. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The head of the KGB is downstairs in a car waiting to play a tape. That's right. But then he gives her a little flirty thing when she gets in. Oh, you know, it's yeah, like he, of course. Oh, they've got thing going too. Yeah, I think so. Was there something I heard about this, or am I making this up? That this was at some point meant to be um, on this character, Barbara Bach. They were going to bring her back from Spy Who Loved Me. That would have been great. I know. Yeah, I'm going to use the restroom too. Okay. okay. Matt and I will just talk about how wonderful this movie is. Yeah, I um, got. You know, when when they go to her house and those guys attack. Yes. This is along the lines of no no cake on Bond when he falls through the thing. She yeah. keeps talking about her granddad's ashes and there's no ashes, ashes in, in it. There. It's very annoying. Why? I don't know. I feel like it might have been a a choice for the stuntmen not to get ashes in their eyes. It would have been cinematically. It would have been great. It would have been uh, very exciting. I liked how there was rock salt yeah, loaded that was into cool. the Shotgun. But look at how the painting of her granddad looks like Powers Booth. The painting of her granddad looks like she bought it on the wharf. Yeah, it doesn't It's look not good. a good painting. There's a painting in Zoro, Zoran's office that looks like Ted Cruz, too. Um, it is weird to see the wharf uh, exactly the same. Like, oh, the Guinness it? Museum is still there. Oh, really? The wharf souvenir shop is still over the shoulder right there. It's fascinating to me how those places are still hmm. in existence. Yeah, San Francisco doesn't change much. We've never been to Sketchfest at the same time. No, you're always like a weekend yeah. before or after. So yeah, so if we can arrange doing it at the, on the same weekend, you and I should take a view to a kill tour of San Francisco. Well, should, we should just do James Bonding up there. Well, I mean, if you think we should do James Bonding up there, please tweet at <laughs> Although SF I Sketchfest. can't make Sketchfest this year, so it's already a move. Oh, forward. forget it. <laughs> but I'd love to do it Why next can't year. you get it? Uh, Plans. Uh, you have so many plans. You have so many plans that go against the fiber of our being. I'm sorry. Sketchfest is nine weekends long, and you're gone for all of them. It's oh. not actually nine. It's like well, five weekends. Yeah. Anyway, long story. This is insane. We're gonna get. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this off air, kids. We're okay. gonna find out You'll why Matt know. Gorley is is uh, abandoning you. I I'll never tell you. I'll be sworn to secret. It's not a scandalous reason. God, I, I hope it's scandalous. Um, okay, so. You know what? We could still do a show in San Francisco when I'm on That's hiatus. Well, we, we have talked about going on a little mini tour, and I think I might be up for that. There were three tour. or four people that were interested in us going to UK. <laughs> I saw that. There were three or four people that were like, yeah, come. Yeah. Well, we could play in their living room. Besides London, where would be the best city in the States to go that you could also do a lot of sightseeing bond-wise? Bond-related sightseeing yeah. would have to be San Francisco, Las Vegas, uh-huh. uh, or New York. Or New Orleans. Oh, no, There's not there. a ton in New York, just the Harlem stuff. I, I feel like that's great. Do you remember when I went to when I went on Google Maps Street View and found the exact corner that he was standing on and showed you the picture of both of them? Yeah, that's right. It's one of my 
best detective work I've ever mm. done. Crowning achievements. <laughs> so where are we now? We're we talking about the women's lib joke. No, we were talking about San Francisco. Okay. And how it hasn't changed, and that this Guinness Book of World Records Museum is still right where that is. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we were talking about uh, Tanya Roberts's um, house. And how her her urn with her granddad has no ashes in it. Yeah, and she like dusts her hand or something yeah. like, but there's, there's nothing, n- nothing on the floor. Yeah, nothing anywhere. Yeah, she says sorry, granddad. Yeah, he loved a good fight. Um, yeah, maybe he was a ghost. I do, but I was saying to Matt, I do really like the. They never found his body. He was lost at sea. <laughs> I like yeah. James Bond taking the shotgun and going to work on people. Yeah, with the rock salt. He well, thought he it was real, know. but he was like going to fucking blast people. Yeah, he was yeah. going to blow people's heads off. Yeah. yeah. See, that's why, you know, um, who was it who has the much bigger kill count? Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. He's using real guns. This is the difference. Back then, they didn't want to be like, oh, I, we don't want to just like murder five people suddenly. So yeah. it was like, oh, it's rock salt. But I did like that, though, because at first I forgot that that was the case. And I was oh. like, why is this guy still moving after the shotgun blast? Yeah. yeah. And then when I found out it was rock salt, I do like how he's like, what's this loaded with? She's like, rock yeah. salt. He still keeps using it. What a strange thing, because I think my dad had a rock salt shotgun ready to go, too. Like, it's just a weird thing. I don't want to kill anybody, but I do want to shoot a home invader. You know yeah. what other movie has it? What? Kill Bill. One of the Kill Bills has it. He, uh, oh. Mike. Michael Madsen shoots her with the rock salt before oh, he buries right. her alive. And it oh, hurts. Jeez. Yeah, it looks like it hurts a lot. Yeah. She's yeah. a mess. She's not Oof. dead, but God, she's a mess. Kill Bill. I think that's such a great two couple of movies. I wanna I wanna throw some credit at Roger Moore here. He's recently passed. He deserves a little bit. Mm. We always talk about how Zorin is such a good actor in this, Christopher Walken. Yeah. This is why Moore works for me and Brosnan sometimes is an issue for me. In the scene when they're in the city hall office and Zorn shoots that city planner guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Moore gets really serious, which in this movie that is so crazy and wacky, Mm -hmm. it's hard to go from tone to tone. But he He really underplays it, where I think Brosnan gets a little melodramatic and he, he, he really plays up the drama. Moore, I feel like, just knows that he doesn't need to add any sauce to it. He just plays it straight and simple. And and I actually... It it feels right. I don't know. Something I like it. I like it when. Yeah, I noticed serious. that moment too. I like that. Um, did you dislike or like the sharper image credit card? <laughs> I think it's of the time and it fits very well. It's very very real men don't eat quiche. Uh, what did you think yeah. of the curly toupee on the chain thug? Was your wig dar chain thug the guy that's wielding the chain? Are you guys Wigdar people? Oh, he's a big. He's the inventor of Wigdar. Oh, okay. oh yes. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's basically a helmet <laughs> with hair on it <laughs> because he gets hit with the urn too, and it feels very on purpose. Like, that hair is like that guy in in Sopranos that ends up being like the secondary villain and Billy Bats and Goodfellas. Like it's just ridiculous uh, yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, did you notice the Molotov cocktail that Zoran uses? I mean, I saw them both. I don't know if this is technically a gloft, but um, it's Bacardi rum. Oh. Like, he's going tropical with his Molotov cocktails. <laughs> okay. Nice. Do you think Bacardi had a had a buy with that? Definitely. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Uh, we want to be the new face of revolutionary vandalism. Uh, I wrote down that 
the acting from Tanya Roberts, I cannot tell if it's the worst acting I've ever seen or perfect acting. Um, I know what side of the fence I fall on. What, what Are you talking about a specific scene? or uh, I'm talking about in the house when she's talking about while she's gone through with Zorn and the five million dollar check uh-huh that for me that scene I could not my brain couldn't process her acting I felt that's why I asked is she American because sometimes she speaks in a way that you know sometimes you're like I don't know this is a person is a is a foreigner or bad at acting? And I, I don't mean that. <laughs> yeah. Not a dig at foreigners. I'm a foreigner. I just mean sometimes you have people who don't have English as a first language. And when they're speaking in English, right. you could see like, oh, there's some words that aren't fully connecting in the way that an American actor would connect yeah. with them. But it's actually more interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. And I like that. Like, you know, like Mads Mikkelsen, I think part of what's compelling about him is that yeah. English is not his first language. So he's like saying things slightly weirdly, emphasizing different words. I noticed that with her where I was like, she's saying things weird and I can't quite figure so out what's going on. either Tanya Roberts is terrible at acting or she is her generation's Christoph Waltz. <laughs> it's one or the other. I will offer a third solution that most of her stuff is ADR'd. There's a lot of ADR yeah. in this movie. And that you're yeah. never going to get it. Do you think that's a... because they, like, like, what's happening on set in a James Bond movie where they have to use so much ADR? I don't know. Well, in the early days, they're constantly, was... a, like, a gas generator powering the lights. <laughs> like, what is it that is making all of this ADR happen? Well, a lot of times you'll see in movies that there's one scene that has a lot of ADR and clearly they didn't mic one person right that day. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that'll happen. That happens all the time especially in her scenes where she's going james you know that's clearly adr and it doesn't fit with what her face is doing same with aubergine it's just it's just so something's off kilter and that may be what you're experiencing i yeah. feel like it's not exactly her fault my favorite adr joke is with her when she's wearing heels and he says the women's lib line oh, you know yeah. like women's lip they're taking over the Teamsters. They're that is such an ADR line. Yeah, yeah. Such an 80s line, too. 80s, 80s, 80s ADR. 80s, 80s, 80s are line. Think of next. <laughs> they want to vote next. They can't already vote. Well, then what are they complaining about? Uh, this sort of whole scene. <laughs> what do you think of the uh, killing of uh, Lee? I think it's sad. I like that guy. I he gets killed too. in everything we talked about this last time, but he plays Indy's sidekick in Temple of Doom in that opening scene yeah. in Wuhan, and he gets kind of killed and dispatched in a way that feels sad, too. Yeah. yeah. There's just some people who, like I was watching Close Encounters yesterday, and I just saw Tootsie, and I was like, oh, Terry Gar was just the woman that people were leaving or not seeing under their very noses. Yeah, and Tootsie. They, yeah. 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 It's, which, with Tootsie, it's like, you should be with Terry Gar. Yeah. You're being insane. She's it, the best. It took a Mr. Mom for her to be fully appreciated as a wife and partner <laughs> you know, and breadwinner. That's true. Uh, war, uh, worst delivery of a line in the James Bond movie, uh, I believe, is I still have my security badge. Oh, the way she delivers to... that. I still have my security badge. Like where she... No, no, it's not... You're di- you're giving it something that she didn't give it. Oh. What it's, is she doing? It's more of a uh, well, things are in the office. I still have my security badge. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's ADR. I'm sure. That's yeah. I'm sure. Eighties are. Um, what I'm blown away by, I never caught this before. The cutaway scenes of the man fishing in the boat. 
He's and then the man just enjoying his time on a lake. Yes. After everything that lake that's is Michael G. Wilson. drained. No, I made that up. <laughs> is he gotta be in here? I didn't catch him. I didn't time. catch him either. Huh. Um, then that lake is drained. Is that just something tidally that happens? Because that is a full body of water that they somehow managed without special effects to drain. I don't know if it's like a reservoir or something that they were able to shoot on that they could really drain that. That was incredible. Could have been a reservoir for sure. Hmm. We'll have to... Hats off. When we get John Glenn on the podcast. Did you guys know that water and falls could lead to earthquakes? I'm sure that's right, but... Is well, that a... don't be... I don't know if it's so true. No, I would think that it could, right? It would change the pressure in the fault, certainly. Yeah, I would assume that that's such a big thing that they wouldn't just... I would assume that, that up. pumping water into a fault line could be detrimental. This is the wrong one to have my dad on. He's a geologist. He could answer this. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. But man, your dad seems great. Instead, we had him on Goldfinger, yeah. where there's no geological need for him to be on. And he's Although not an gold. expert on blue terry cloth. Yeah, gold. Oh, yeah, we should have asked him about gold. I'm going to look this up. Water <laughs> and fault line. I've got a gloft for you. Oh, please. When they get in the blimp yeah. out of the shack, uh-huh. and everything's looking good for the Zoran crew, right? What we've established is the other blimp. Yes, go ahead. And Scarpine, his other henchman, whom I just love in this movie. He's so... Um, Loyal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a quick cut when they're first taken off, and it's like they cut in halfway, and he's looking at Zoran, piloting it, and going, away! <laughs> and they're having this cute little like little boy moment that I never caught before. Even the doctor's behind them, and they're all like, we did it, we did it. You guys, we're, they really we're good. Excited we're excited that all, that all those things went to but plan. But you never see Scarpine, because he's always very serious and somber. Yeah. And for him to, and he's kind of looking at Zorn for approval. Yeah, It's like, just a tender it. moment where I would watch a whole show based on these three. Why are those guys reinforcing the bottom of the lake? Because they... Because they're just they there they're assuming them, they're operation. actually doing a mining operation. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. just think, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. That makes okay. sense. That makes All right. Sense. Yeah. Uh, should we, we should talk about Mayday's turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says the words, what did she say? I thought he loved me. Uh, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, um, and then immediately turns mm-hmm. and then sacrifices herself. Yeah, but is it? She has to hold the brake or whatever. She yeah, says. even there's, though they probably could have tied something thought, around the brake. But they even thought like Roger Moore when he's pushing her, and he trips was a sort of like, what if I purposely tripped here and can't yeah. catch up with her? Oh, no, it's too far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh no. Don't you you go on ahead. You yeah. go on ahead. Uh, oh, don't sacrifice. But I do yourself. like. I really like how she's laughing. Yeah. Like yeah. she's like her real giddy about great. it. And, yeah, she uh, is. I love her. I love the image of her just coming out of that mine with one arm raised yeah. in the and air. You're, you're getting Zorn's point of view yeah. from this too. And yeah. Zorn's reaction to that is really great acting yeah. too. Yeah. Like he's truly like surprised and slightly de- like I felt bad for him. He was devastated a yeah. little, but it was well. He really, was devastated that his plan didn't work. Right, right. That's what I mean. Not about her. Just that his plan didn't work. But he was playing it so real. And weird. He wasn't like Drax. It wasn't like that. It was yeah. like a very human reaction. Like he was like devastated about yeah. it. Yeah. It was great. But the fact that it, of all people to foil it is Mayday, the person he just betrayed. I see. That's why I don't really see why people have it out for this movie so much because I know it's campy and it's stupid and yeah. goofy, but there's some great stuff in it. I, 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 
I have never not enjoyed watching. Is this really considered one of the ones that the fan yes. doesn't get behind? Yeah, it's yeah. one of the low points for most people. That's that's funny because while you were in the bathroom, I texted my other friend while I was watching this movie because I didn't want to talk to Matt about it because I wanted to talk to him about it here. He's a massive James Bond fan, and I texted him, and he said it was a serious low point. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with I grew up with this on cable saw and the theaters loved it. Yeah, loved it. Um, so let's get to he the... gets antennaed in the dick. I like that. He get what? <laughs> he gets antennaed in the dick. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? I thought that was great. A lot uh, of dick stuff. There yeah. is, and also, I mean, let's talk about this climax. It's it's, it's a great. Uh, where where better to have this fucking climax than on the most iconic structure in all of San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. And they pulled it off beautifully. Like, there's some amazing stunt work on there. Have you... You've been to the bridge, right? Yeah. But it's... I want to say... Yeah. It's... Maybe it wasn't then. It's, like, the most over you. Like, when there's an alien attack, that's the oh, first yeah. thing Once that goes. Oh, yeah. Once came into it, yeah. Sure. They are destroying the Golden Great Bridge, like, every yeah. every movie. Yeah. Yeah. Full <laughs> house. I mean, it's... By, by now, it's gotten a little... <laughs> Played out, I would say. I mean, even May Day and Zorn are impressed by the view. To a kill. Yeah. Breathtaking. Uh, but you've stood next to that. You know how they have that uh, piece of cabling? The suspension cable? Yeah. Where you can see the inside of it? Oh, I have Like seen that. next to the bridge if you're walking on the bridge. They have a piece of that cable. It's essentially the big red pipes, quote unquote, that James Bond is walking on. Those are actually just... Uh, thousands of steel cables. Oh my god! All all wrapped up, huh. covered in steel. Huh? Like it's very impressive, and it's also bigger. It's bigger than that in, the, in real life. Really? So like when he's like hanging on it and stuff like that, it's bigger. I see. So anyway, it's just some Golden Gate Bridge trivia. Fascinating. Fascinating. I love after it all goes down and they've won and they're up there. This isn't quite a one-liner. It feels like a good character thing that Moore says because it comforts Tracy, and he just goes, "Never a cab when you need one." Yeah, and she laughs. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, she's "Oh, charmed. it's gonna be okay." And I like, I love those kind of one-liners in these movies that come yeah. from from a character. That was most, a good one. The most suspense I felt in this movie was after Zorin had been dispatched and the airship had blown up. I was fearful that the axe was going to fall onto the cars. Oh, yeah. The what? The axe that he's fighting him with, it's like sure. sitting there. And she's like, when she's climbing up, she's like hitting the axe. And I'm like, that axe better not fall. Yeah. And that's an origin story for a current day Bond villain. Like, you killed my mom one time. Yeah, were... the axe fell. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the Golden Grape. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. That is good. And then we come full circle to what we first started talking about, the shower scene, which mm-hmm. is interesting because it's literally Roger Moore's last scene as James Bond. He'd mm-hmm. never do another and it's a robot watching him shower and throw yeah. a towel on him. And that's us. We're I, done seeing Roger Moore there. He throws oh, a towel on Oh, that is us. us. We never see him anymore. Does, We're Q. We are Q in that. We're, wow. Yeah. I definitely, I remembered that very specifically because I probably rewound and watched it. Because, you know, it's interesting where like, when I saw that girl, Tanya Roberts, yeah. I was like, that girl's stunning Like while watching mm-hmm. it now. And I clearly, when I was a kid and watched it, had the exact same reaction and was accessing, because there's so many attractive women in this yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. But my brain was accessing, I think, that. And I kind of felt like that kid again watching this. And, the, and yeah. so I think that's the shower scene. I rewound it and watched it a bunch of times. 
And that's probably why I remember the robot and the towel and stuff. I find it odd that Q would park an RV so close to the entrance of that house and not just go in and say, hello, James. Yeah. You you don't think he wants to try out his thing? He knows what he's going to find, and he's happy (laughs) to find it. Also, his hands wouldn't fit through the door. (laughs) How does the the surveillance robot get up the stairs? I'm sure it's got little... Yeah, wheel boosters. We didn't have robots that could climb stairs until remember when that Honda one that f- fell over. Yes, oh, was that was like R- ten R2 years D2 ago. Got jets, you know. Yeah, I it can't got wait jets for the special the, edition of a View to a Kill in the second one. Right, Attack of the Clones. All of yeah. a sudden, R two D two had jets. You've seen ro- that. What do you think of this? Uh, what do you think of this bad BB eight? The oh, dark BB eight. Yeah. What do you think of wait, that? What is that in the new one? Yeah. Is he bad? Is I'll he? Watch it. It's one when, of the toys. I'll watch it when... Of course you're going to watch I'll it. I'll decide. I'll watch it when it comes out. No, but I'll decide how I feel about it because I'm not even... Do you Have you seen this video that I'm talking about of the robot not being able to climb the stairs? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's called the... the funniest. Argo? What is it called? No go. It's <laughs> Honda's Asimo robot. Asimo. Oh, Honda's, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can see uh, Asimo... It's so funny. ...at Disneyland. He's there? Yeah. Presented by Honda. I used to be able to see... Well, I think it's gone now, but you used to be able to see him in the... Uh, where the Carousel of Progress Clearly used to be. Clearly a nod to Isaac Asimov, right? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But that's not a good nod, seeing how... Just took out the letter? iRobot went. Hmm. No. That's right. They're doing what he warned us against. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's like it, it. That is true. That's like a doctor saying, "Like I'm, I'm here's my new uh, iron lung machine called Frankenstein." Yeah. Well, that's a bad. It's analogy. like having an omelet shaped like a chick. It's a, like a doctor <laughs> saying, "Take this pill. I've named it AIDS." Yeah. <laughs> but the the pill helps AIDS. Oh, yeah. Beats AIDS. It's, it's he thinks it does. It, okay. Right. Uh, he's mm. just he's just a confused individual. Well, one thing we should cover right before we wrap this yeah. up is the Duran Duran song and the opening title. So oh where are your God. thoughts on that, Camille? didn't even do that. Do you like that song? Oh, yeah, I did like that song. I like that whole sequence with the glow-in-the-dark paint and all that. Yeah. And you, you texted Emily a picture of it. I did, because the um, woman on fire, there's a girl skating through fire. Skiing through fire. She's not really in the fire. No, I mean, but there's fire in front of her, and she's just skiing yeah, in place yeah. to this Duran Duran song. How long do you think she had to do that move? I, uh, probably 45 minutes. <laughs> I will say it made me think that there's going to be a lot more skiing in the movie than just the opening sequence. Yeah. <laughs> they really set that up. Yeah, <laughs> really. That's true. But like, yeah. it just seems like, it, I, t- I texted that to Emily because it felt like to me something that Emily she, vibed she it with. Was right, yeah. Like, yeah. it just feels like something Emily would enjoy. Yeah. But would. the whole, I love that song. I, 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 I don't know where, where do we end up ranking it? Personally, I think uh, us, we probably in the, it's in the top three, right? No, I don't know about that. Top five, definitely top ten. Ugh. I don't know. I forget our rankings. But... What are the other ones? Adele? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who cares? Honor Majesty. God. The point is the song. <laughs> this song, A View to a Kill. God, it's so fun. I was just reading about this song that apparently John Taylor of Duran Duran came up to John Barry. Or Cubby, maybe it was Cubby Broccoli at a party and said something like, you need a good Bond song. You haven't had one in a while. Oh, and that like brazenness got it for him, and that they worked well with um, John Barry in making it, but that the band themselves were not getting along at the time. Oh, wow. yeah. so, was the song a hit? It was like the a... only number one Bond song. Wow. Yeah. 
Has there been one since? I can't Skyfall, can remember I feel if like Skyfall had to get up there, right there. And then, Skyfall, I think, is yeah, it's because of the Adele thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's great. And Sam Smith won the Academy Award, but so did Adele. Right. So did Adele. Okay, good. Don't forget about Adele winning that Oscar. What was this Sam Smith one? How did that good go? Writings question. on the wall. Huh? Good question. I can't remember it. It's awful. Okay, but it won the Academy. I can't remember. remember writings it. on the wall. Is that how it goes? The beginning. Is that how it goes? If it doesn't, then you should record that because that's a hit, baby. <laughs> why is this? Why is this? What is? What is with the baby thing? Why is it now back in the lexicon right now? The baby thing. Baby. That. Yeah. What is that? I have a friend who started saying it ironically, and then I know he just says it, and now I just say it. But everyone's doing it. Yeah. In our in our circle of. Friends. I was saying babe a lot for a little while. Come on, babe. Yeah, and but then I, I'm, just hearing, baby. I'm just hearing no, it no. in that inflection, and I need to know mm-hmm. who started it, why it's now in the lexicon of everyone within a 14-mile radius We need to hang out with different people. That's the, probably it, you right? You guys can hang out with me. I'm not saying that. You will be. You will oh, be, baby. Shit. Come on, baby. I will not. We did a baby. run on the Goldbergs where we were in, writing in the script. We were writing baby like that. And really? we were just like, what are we doing? What, what, what are we doing? Ooh. Let's get rid of that. Um, That's right, baby. What do, you give right. This, uh, what do you give this movie? Out of... Uh, so we would like to rate every movie, Kumail, on a scale of double O O to double O seven. Double O seven. Double O seven. Double O seven is the highest a movie can be. Okay. Uh, and here we are with a view to a kill. I'll go double O six. Wow! Wow, that's super high. Love super this high. movie. And this is purely subjective. I just, I, I probably the Bond movie I've seen the most. Uh, well, wow. I'm I'm double O five and a half. Okay. Double O five point five for me. Okay. Kumail, what do you give it? See, I don't, I don't have the Bond. I don't know yeah. the Bonds well enough. You, all you have to do is look to your heart. With this. So I will say, for me, if there's a line of move, like for me, out of five stars, if three is a movie, I was like, this is a good movie that I really like. Yeah. For me, this is slightly below that. This okay. is not quite for me the line where I'm like, that was a good movie. So the line in a scale of seven would probably be a four, right? Yeah. So, so this is a double O. Four. 3.5, maybe? No, you know what? Out of 7, I will give it a 004. 004. Yeah. Wow. I love how high this movie is going to skew in the final rankings. <laughs> like oh, it pisses a lot of Bond people off. And Again, we're lovers, not experts. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it a 004. Again, I don't have the context of Bond that you do. Yeah. I just know the zeitgeist. Now, uh, Camille, you get to witness a very special moment. Uh, this is where we pick the movie that will be watched next for the podcast. And since I picked View to a Kill, I, I hand it over to the illustrious Matt Gorley for the That's next right. choice. Matt had the first pick. He chose Goldeneye. Then I chose Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Then he chose View to a Kill. And uh, I thought about which way I was going to go with this because, you know, I also don't want us to do all the good ones up front and then right. not have any fun. So yeah. I'm going to um, pull off the scab and say Tomorrow Never Dies. Let's get this over with. I I'm so excited. I want this done. Oh, Matt, you yeah. have just... This is my wow. least favorite you Bond have, movie. You have just really? made, yeah. you've made my life. But 
But I will say this. I haven't seen it since we've last done it. Yeah. And in the whole point of the second go for me in many ways is to reappreciate the boss. Yeah, reevaluate. Yeah. And so I'm going to look, go in with an uh, open mind and, and go see what up. I can find yeah. out of it. I did with, that with Goldeneye and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so. going to it with the eyes of a newborn baby. Baby. All right. This we'll, is James Bonding. <laughs> James Bonding will return. James Bonding Podcast. James Bonding Podcast. James Bonding Podcast. James Bonding Podcast. Man and Man and James Bonding Podcast. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.